Hi, and welcome to the NSGU's weekly podcast, Union Matters. My name's Mary, and I'm going to be your host today. Today, our subject is Blue Monday, and I have with me Tracy Fisk, who is a temporary employee of the Labor Resource Center. And she, before that, you were a nurse for how many years? I started my 29th year with the Well, you're still a nurse. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still a nurse, technically. No, I started my 29th year on November 13th of 2018. Yeah. And I'm a nurse at the Rehab Center in Halifax. Excellent. So we brought Tracy in to talk about Blue Monday. So a little bit about Blue Monday. What is Blue Monday? Um, It is kind of a made-up thing, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) which turned out to be something good. Yeah, so Blue Monday is supposedly the most depressing day of the year. It is the third Monday of January, and when it came out in 2005, it actually came from a travel company (laughs) in the UK, and they commissioned a psychologist to kind of come up with uh, a formula for when the most depressing day of the year was. And he, he kind of came up with a formula of how much debt you had from Christmas and how bad the weather sucks. <laughs> yeah, not taking into account some other things. So it's it's largely been debunked. But what isn't debunked is things like seasonal affective disorder, which is a type of depression, which is very real. I actually kind of suffer from it myself. Um, and it really is a good, t- it's, it's a good place to start talking about mental health it's a it's a really good conversation starter because it those conversations are hard to have yeah but anything that opens up the conversation whether it be the words blue monday or just saying hello to somebody that's what you need you need to start a conversation yeah so this year blue monday is january 21st and i mean it's not the only thing out there i know bell let's talk uh they have a day that they do january 30th this year yeah, where they raise money. And it's basically, again, about starting that conversation about mental health. So I invited Tracy to come onto the podcast with me um, because she was the chair of a provincial ad hoc committee of the board. Um, what was it called again? It was the Ad Hoc Healthcare Committee. Okay, great. And you helped write, I, you called it your baby the other day. I, yeah, I have referred to it as that on many occasions, yes. <laughs> so it's it's a really great book that I think a lot of people don't know about. Um, it's the NSGU Resource Guide to Mental Health and Addiction Services in Nova Scotia. And uh, it's a really great resource to basically find help for mental health and addictions problems, isn't it? Oh, I hope it is. I mean, that was our goal, to make something tangible for somebody to hold on to when they're having issues. And it wasn't just me. There was a committee was made up of NSGU members, Peter Perry, Madge Murphy, James Berry, Tracy Fraser McIsaac, and Landon McLean, Norma Jean Prophet, and Raymond Terrio. And Jason McLean, our now president, was the executive liaison at the time. So it wasn't a one-person effort. It was just for all, <laughs> no. all of us got together and decided we needed to do something. We just didn't know exactly what that something was going to be when we first started. But somehow the topic came out to make a booklet, something, like I said, tangible for somebody to hold on to. Because when you're going through a hard time or you're looking for information, not everybody's computer literate. Not everybody can do a Google search. Not everybody knows where to go to find information. So our goal was to come up with something that people could have in their hands, not just members, anybody that could get a hold of this, to give them some information of where to go if they need help, whether it be with mental health addictions in the province of Nova Scotia. So we did 
to the best of our ability, gave definitions, gave phone numbers, gave different sections that they could go to. I mean, we divided into what's definitions of mental health, mental illness, crisis, things for adults, children, youth, and families, seniors, and important numbers and definitions. So we tried to break it down so you could pick up this booklet, go to a section you think would be pertinent to you, and be able to find the information that you need at your fingertips. Yeah, so I've looked it over and I really, I've actually used this before. So I had somebody who was kind of having a mental health crisis and just to be able to find those numbers, if you don't have something like this, it's so hard to navigate and try to find those numbers, especially if you're in that state of mind. So to be able to actually go, okay, just hold on a minute, I'm going to grab this because I'd been to an occupational health council meeting and we had, which you were also on at yeah, the time. The time we, yeah. we used to sit on the occupational health council together before you got married. We've, to we've, the been, ar- we've been around for a while. <laughs> we, yeah, we have, we've uh, been in the same room many times. So of course this has come up and so, you know, it, it's such a great resource to have. So I was really excited that, well, obviously that's why I grabbed you, but it, I was excited to hear that it, it is also online if people want to look at yeah, it. Yeah, we, after, this came out probably at least five years ago now, the booklet was initially done. So we redid it and thank grace, thank God for the communications people here at NSGU. Shannon McIntyre especially went through and broke it all down and put it online. It's available on the NSGU website, nsgu.ca, under the health and safety tab you'll see across the top. Um, it, if you go to that and click on that tab, you'll come into a section that says topics. If you click on topics, the very top one says guide to mental health and addiction issues. I believe resource guide, I believe is how it's the topics put in there. Well, that will take you to the online version of the booklet. And in that booklet, there's actually links that you can go to that will take you to um, mental health Nova Scotia or different sections. So you have a direct link to those areas where you can get further information. There is um, paper copies or actual copies available through the NSGU, through the LRC. So if somebody was to call the LRC. Um, and talk to you to, possibly. Talk to me, maybe. Um, <laughs> I'm so excited to be able to. Actually, I'm always excited when I call the LRC because I know that there's going to be someone there who yeah, they, is, you guys know your stuff and well, you've been I'm around. Well, like I said, I'm just learning. I've only been in a couple of weeks. But um, Stephanie and Cindy that work there all the time, they know so much more than I probably ever will but they have the access to the information so if somebody was to call the number is 424-4063 of course with the 902 and they say listen I want a copy of the um, NSGU resource guide we'll mail it out to you we'll print your name we'll mail it out to you Um, we have on occasion there have been locals that have asked for quite a few copies we don't have as many printed copies right now as we've had before but if somebody was asking say they're gonna have a local meeting that I'd like 10 copies we probably can arrange to get them printed and mailed out to you and I've even said to people, if you take a couple of copies and drop it off at your doctor's office, drop it off at your dentist's office, drop it off in all your report rooms at work. Some people, unfortunately, with the society that we live in, people who have mental health issues are afraid to ask for help a lot of times. It's a really hard thing to do. So I know I suffer from depression and anxiety, and it's sometimes a hard thing to talk about because it's, you know, and, and it shouldn't be an embarrassing thing. Everybody struggles from time to time, but yeah. there there absolutely is a stigma. And that's why, I mean, I wanted to have this conversation too, because sometimes you can feel really alone in your 
you know, I'm the, which is silly because you can have a lot of sympathy for other people when you hear about it and talk about it, but it's, it's really easy to get kind of stuck in your own head. And yeah. I mean, you're probably one of the first people that if, if I was in crisis and I came to you, you'd be there to support me. And what can I do for probably you? Probably so much harder uh, on, on ourselves. ourselves. <laughs> and that's just it. That's, that's the society that we live in. We're always harder on ourselves, but the thing is, with, whether it be, like I said, Blue Monday or where we talk about Bell Let's Talk Day, or there was a commercial out not too long ago about discussing about mental illness. And people are trying to have, they have the conversation like, um, 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 oh, is everything okay? Is there anything I can do for you? Do you need to talk? Start the conversation. If anyone, and like in the booklet it says about crisis, what is a crisis? If you're feeling that a member of your family or a friend is in crisis, Somebody needs to start the conversation because yeah. chances are the person in crisis is not going to start the conversation. And when they do, it, well, I mean, it's it's so frustrating because right now our healthcare is in crisis and mental health is in crisis Beyond as well. Beyond crisis. And I know, I mean, we have so many of our members who are working in mental health and addictions and just, I know that they're feeling the strain as well because they just, they really, I mean, this is their job. This is they, they want care to help. so much, and I know they're stressed. <laughs> they want they want to help, and they can't. They don't have the resources no. that should be there for them to help. I mean, I was looking at the wait times for different, whether it be adults or children. I mean, one of them was 134 days. Yeah. That's for a non non emergency, non urgent. I mean, but if you're having a mental health crisis and you have to wait 134 days to see somebody about it. What state are you going to be in when that time comes that you're actually going to get an appointment? No, and I think that's where it's so important that we actually do have these conversations and reach out because, you know, even if you can't actually get access to care right away, which is, it's so frustrating, but even just to be able to, you know, have that conversation or, because it's hard, it's a hard thing to have that conversation, but if somebody actually approaches you and says, I know, you know, you, you actually start talking about it. Sometimes it's easier to open up when you know that somebody else actually has the same issues. So, I mean, and that's why I'm, you know, I'm pretty open now about the fact that I, I do suffer from anxiety yeah. and, and depression. And I do find and, more people nowadays are talking about it because over the last few years with the Bell Let's Talk Day, people have started the discussion more. And I mean, some people, you're going to get pushback. When you try to talk to them, they're going to push back and say, no, no, I'm fine. But if you know somebody well enough, you know when they're just not not having a good day. And sometimes they just want, some people just want someone to say, are you okay? Yeah. Well, well the funny thing is, actually, sometimes you don't know. You don't have any idea. I was funny. I was saying about my anxiety and depression as I'm laughing. And they're like, but you're so funny. You're so upbeat. You're so whatever. And it's like, I do a damn good job of hiding it. Yep. Because it's that sort of fake it until you make it. Fake so, it until you make it. And it's yeah. scary. But I mean, that's what you got to do. I mean, we still have to go to work. We still have to do yeah. our jobs. We still have things that need to be done. A lot of people have children and they have families that they have to look after. Yeah. A lot of them don't have but you would say time to worry about themselves. Yeah. And women are the worst for that. We'll look after everybody else before we look after ourselves. Oh, I, 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 yeah, I think it's just, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to have that conversation and reach out. And I mean, we're not mental health professionals. Oh, but, by no means, by no means. <laughs> and we're but. not going to solve this in, a, you know, a half an hour podcast. But I think just... I, I really, so when we talked about this, so this kind of podcast, we came up with the idea for this out of um, healthcare occupational counsel. Um, and one of the things was, is just like, how do we start this conversation to just, and, and one of the big push for me behind it is just, I want people to know that, 
you're not alone in it. You're not, you know, you're not, it may feel like it sometimes, but people do care. And, you know, I always really admire people when they actually can come out and talk about it or, you know, reach out for help. Even if it's just saying, you know, I'm really, really struggling. I, you know, it's, it's a really brave thing to do. Yeah. If this podcast gets one person to go to somebody and say, I need help then it more that makes everything worthwhile. But I think, and you probably agree, we've had this discussion before, one of the biggest crises going on in, in Nova Scotia, and I'm sure elsewhere, is the children. The amount of children that are suffering with mental health Ill- crisis. And these are the people who can't, adults can somehow manage a lot of the times and figure out ways. But when you have children who are dependent on somebody else f- to get them help, and they have to wait for services and I know it says if there's an emergency they'll get automatic automatic care but I mean I've heard stories of people who've gone they've admitted the child for a day and then they've discharged them home with I mean there are services for parents and how they can cope and how they can manage things but our children shouldn't have to wait a day to get seen and what's wrong with the system where we don't have enough services in place for the children to get looked after they're our most valuable commodity in this province and they seem to be the ones that seem to be on the bottom level of what is going on in the province yeah and i think well i think that's tied into the fact that you know we have the highest child poverty in the country and so i was um I'm an alternate to the board of directors. And so one of the things that I'm really, really proud that NSGU does is we donate money to the kids help phone, the kids helpline. And the I'm an alternate to the board. So the board meeting I ended up going to, there was a presentation from somebody from the kids help phone. And it just, it kind of, it, it, I broke my heart because we have some of the highest usage of you know, teenage boys basically calling the kids help phone. I think we have the highest per capita. And I was just, it just really stuck with me that number because, and they said, well, it's, it's a good way in some things because teenage boys are really bad about reaching out and asking for help. So it's fantastic that they are reaching out for help. But it also broke my heart that I was like, so per capita, we're the highest, we have the highest amount of it's, kids asking for help. It's 2019 and we have the highest per capita of children that are living in poverty there's something so disgustingly wrong with that that it just it breaks your heart the fact that whether it be provincially or federally federally money's going elsewhere money's not going to where it is actually needed which happens to be in the provinces with the people that need the help and we seem to i know um, God, God love my parents my father saying one of the things i don't read the newspaper enough is what he tells me but um I mean, millions of dollars sent to other countries, which, yes, I know that the the need is there. The need is around the world. But to see the number of people, it's just, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. It's needed everywhere. But the fact that a child would go to bed hungry in the city in which I live breaks my heart. Well, I think, I mean, obviously we need international funding as well as We need it provincial. everywhere. <laughs> and I, I don't, I, I kind of... I think we definitely, I mean, the amount of money we spend on ridiculous things, like, you know, yeah, we could, there there are a lot of ways we could improve the system, but for now, I mean, 
It's it's frustrating because I know people who have kids who it's amazing actually how many people I do know who right now have kids who are struggling and who are suicidal and it's scary and just the stress and you know as people I see you know they're they're I can't even imagine what they're going through with the worry about their kids and I see it on their faces and it's just it's heartbreaking that these and so I shared with Tracy and it's not something I really share a lot but so I've always suffered from depression and a lot of health problems as a kid and I always had that sort of anxiety and depression and I went through that when I was in elementary school and it was really hard like and and it was something and I still vividly remember you know my mom trying to get you know, going to the hospital and seeing a psychologist to how to deal with my chronic health issues and what impact that does have on a kid. Because when you're living with chronic pain, it has an effect on your mental health. And it, I mean, it did to a certain extent. And, and, but I remember just fighting because I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to, I wasn't going to talk to anybody. And I remember saying that because I felt like I was being punished. And I just, I, I know what it's like to be that kid. And it's a horror, you know, I just, you know, it's, it's a struggle. And I, I've talked to my mom now about it and just sort of what she went through as a parent and how hard it is. So it's just, and I, I think now, like, at least, you know, the system is still broken. <laughs> yeah, and that's just, I don't think that's changed. It's the fact that, yeah. unfortunately, the, the world that we live in now, it's cyber. Everything's cyber. Yeah. It's iPhones and cell phones and tablets. And the bullying, like I said, cyberbullying doesn't stop at home. No. I mean, you used to go to school, you would be bullied, you go home, it would end. Or now it would it be doesn't... maybe a phone call. But now yeah. I can't even imagine the bullying and the, because again, <laughs> I'm a weirdo. I'll openly admit it. And I was a weird little kid who had health problems and I was horribly bullied. And I can't imagine. I was as well. I cannot imagine going through that. Not nowadays. Now. No, no. So it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's incredibly heartbreaking actually what, you know, kids are going through. And like I said, so that's, that's one of the reasons I am really proud to kind of get that out there that we do that NSGU does things like you know so support things like the kids help phone which is a great resource and I think it's something that you know I would be really happy if I had kids or I know kids like to actually I try to make sure that you know people know what that kids help phone number is and share it because you know, I, I actually made that suggestion to someone like maybe you should just leave the kid's help phone number around because maybe your kid will actually use it. And and she said that actually her child did end up calling because she was in crisis. If one child calls and gets help, that's an amazing thing. Yeah. But it's it's another funny thing about the system we live in. I mean, at Christmas time when they had talked about banning a certain song, I mean, that brought up so much dialogue yeah. So if this is something that can bring up dialogue, we need to have that, that conversation with, whether it be with the children, with the healthcare professionals, with the politicians, with whomever can make a difference. Yeah. If we make, can make a difference, like I said, in one person's life, then we have done something no, absolutely. Monumental. So I think, um, so yeah, but this booklet, the resource guide is great. And one thing to remember is to... Um, so one thing I've used, which unfortunately, not all of our members have employee assistant pro assistance programs, but some of us do. 
I'm one of the lucky ones and I do have that. And I, several years ago, actually did use it. And I was able to get several counseling sessions. um, And it was just good to sort of give me a starting off point in reaching out, like going, okay, you know what? I'm having a lot of anxiety and stress around something. I'm going to call. And it was good because it was a good way of dealing with it. So So I really do recommend if you have that employee assistance program, to actually use it if you feel like you need it. Yeah, it needs to be util- um, utilized. The, the services are there for the members that have, have the system. They, the services are there. But one of the things, like I said, the um, guide is broken down into several different categories. And it's we're talking about a lot, of, a lot of conversation about children, youth, and families. But a lot of things is also going on with seniors. Seniors are a part of our population that seems to be and a lot of times forgotten. But we have put sections in there about seniors. Um, um, especially sometimes they're not getting proper care or whatever it might be. So there's information in, in it about that as well. Um, the other thing that we put in there was about um, sexual assault, Yeah, where the resources are if there's been a sexual assault, because that is still an issue that, I mean, if someone has to go through that and the mental health crisis that would come with that. So we put that information in there well. So there's a lot of information in there. We've tried to make the numbers as up-to-date as possible. Like I said, communications here has... Um, put links on so if you go online it'll take you to links to different areas online that can get mm-hmm. you more information because sometimes the more information you get the more the easier it is for you to to get the question you want answered answered yeah no it's it's a great thing to have and I, I do love the fact that it is broken up like that um seniors is something that well, I mean, senior citizens, depression is real. Loneliness is real, Loneliness actually. Is and that's another thing. Um, so many of our seniors are living in, they're just, they're lonely. Yeah. They're living alone, especially people who they may only be seen. I, I know a lot of our members who work in home care, they are really the lifeline for a lot of people who, a lot of seniors who that may be the only person that they're seeing and they're just Um, lonely. I've had, I've had patients who, I mean, they could have been in the hospital for three months and never had a visitor. I mean, it would just, it just break your heart that they're, some of them are the last person left in their family. They have nobody to come in or it's just the fact that, and people that are in nursing homes that they put them there and they don't have to deal with them anymore. Like it's, too complicated so it's a sad situation for somebody to be in to have outlived their entire family yeah and I know it's something I well like you said you saw in your working life as a nurse and I'm sure so many of our members see it too or experience it with their family members and it's hard because you get busy and you don't mean to no (laughs) you know it's one of those things I feel bad I haven't talked to you know my sister (laughs) in a long time we keep trying missing each other we're like geez we have to talk more but just you know so you may not even realize you know it's been two months and you haven't talked to somebody so that's I think it's just making that conscious decision like I'm gonna actually reach out more to people and and it's also to make the conscious decision that if you know somebody that's going through crisis yeah to ask them, are you okay? Yeah, and check I'm in. I'm here. If you check in on check in on people. Yeah. If you haven't talked to your friend in a few days, give them a phone call. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's one thing too that I find with social media. It's I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I find it harder. So I used to be, you would just pick up the phone and call somebody, or you'd pop in. 
Yeah. <laughs> You'd be driving. I remember my friends, you know, driving by and just popping in, knocking on the door and stopping in and being like, hey, we're just passing by. Well, then, I bet most people, if they didn't have their phone, would not remember the friend's phone number. Yeah. And you are just spending hours, you know, talking on the phone. And, and it was more, you had to actually reach out and talk to people. And now it's just, you send a text or it's on yeah. Facebook or Facebook, which is great in keeping in touch in some ways. But I find in other ways, it's it's made the world a more isolated place. Yeah. I mean, there I know there are people that have found friends from 30 years ago. And that's wonderful. You may contact the people, but I mean, pe- people that you used to see on a daily basis or talk to on a daily basis, you shoot them a text. It's pretty easy on a text to say, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. You can't see the person's face. You can't see their eyes. So yeah. sometimes it's to have that, that one-on-one eyeball-to-eyeball conversation with a friend. I mean, just let them know you're there if they need, if they need you. Yeah. No, it's good. So, well, thank you very much for having this conversation with me. Oh, I'm very happy to, to have been asked to do this. I'm oh. very proud that NSGU has, you know, allowed us the ability to do this and the ability to have this booklet made and have it available to our members and to even our non-members. That's the thing. If we can get out there to, there's people out there that require a little bit of guidance. And if we can give them that, then that's a great thing. No, it's, it's fantastic. The number to the LRC is 902-424-4063. And it's also for people who are not in the metro area. It's one 556 Seven four three eight. Well, one thing I'm going to make sure of that when I speak to the communications next time is that we have the NSU numbers published in the booklet. I think it's a great idea. It's a great addition. So, because I think you guys are a really great point in contact. And so, if if one of our members who say works in mental health and addictions, they're looking through this booklet and they have information to update, Con- contact us through L- the LRC and we'll let communications know because we did be as methodically as possible went through every phone number I dialed every one of them I swear <laughs> but I mean you know how numbers change on just a, such a regular basis the changing numbers you change your password at work every three months yeah so I mean if numbers have changed please let us know if you know if there's numbers or if there's different areas that you think that the numbers should be in the booklet please let us know I mean we can um work on it to get it put on into the booklet online so that people have access to the proper information. That's what we want. We don't want someone to dial a number and not be the right number. Yeah. So absolutely get in touch and let us know. And if there's something that, you know, you want to see a link to something that you might find helpful, like a phone number for like the kids help phone, if there's something like that, the information that you would like us to share, maybe post a comment on the face NSGU Facebook page as well. Yeah. Um, or they can contact us through inquiry at NSGU.ca, leave an email with any information and we'll definitely we look at that every morning and check out all the emails. So there's definitely ways to get the information into us if you have it. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, so thank you very much for having this conversation with me. And I really appreciate it. My I pleasure. Think Anytime. It's always nice to talk to you. And, it's nice to talk to you too. And we really hope that uh, to you guys who are listening that this sparks some conversation. Um, I think it's, you know, like I said, it's, it, these conversations have to happen. It really does help to talk about things and you know what, get rid of that, get rid of that stigma because it's, it's mental health, just like it'd be if you were have heart issues or with your diabetic, it's mental health. Yeah, it's part of your day to day, you need to look after it. Exactly, because it affects you physically as well as your mental health affects your physical health, your physical health affects your mental health. And 
Yeah, absolutely. So we will talk to you again soon, and hopefully we can probably bug Tracy again sometime. <laughs> hopefully we'll hear Anytime. from you again. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> Thank you very much. And make sure to tune in next week when we'll be back again, because this is a weekly podcast. So hopefully we'll be talking, I'll be talking to you again soon or somebody else. Thanks a million. Bye.